Hi friends, happy 100th episode. I cannot believe I have 100 podcast episodes. I feel like we did it. I feel like we accomplished it. Not just me. You've been here the whole way. <laughs> I wanted to do something really big for my 100th episode. I just had my first live event last week and absolutely insane. I'll fill you in on that like later. But I was low key stressing about like what I should do for my 100th episode. And I was thinking about having a guest on and doing like some crazy shit. No girl, it's been me and you since the beginning. It's gonna be us. Our 100th episode is gonna be us. I'll do guests in the future, I feel. That's something I'm kind of like brainstorming and like setting up. But something I love to watch is people talking about their failures. Don't attack me. I don't know why. Like I love watching people talk about how they fuck up and like how things don't go right for them. So I figured, Let's talk about all of my failures to get me to the point that I'm at now because there's so much motivation that's going to come out of it. Like when you hear the things that I've hurdled and hear the things that I've tried and hear all the little things that have broken my heart and then you see me sitting here in front of you today knowing I hurdled it all, like it's going to be very motivating and inspiring and I feel like that's the best kind of thing I could do for a 100th episode. So I'm going to talk about things that I've failed at in life and things that didn't work because I've lived like 20 lives and you're about to see what I mean. I'm going to talk about things that I've done that I haven't talked about before on the internet. And there's also a lot of things I need to address about old things I used to do on the internet. So let's do it. <laughs> and I'm also going to talk a little bit about manifestation and how when you ask for something and then it happens years later, like it's not that it's not manifesting, like it's going to come, it's just later. We're going to get into it. I'm so excited. But the first thing I want to talk about is my old YouTube channel. And for those of you that don't know, when I was 18 and 19, I was on YouTube posting videos about just random shit. Like I would do unboxings of like random things that I would buy. I would do like little vlogs, get ready with me's, like the typical YouTube vlogger type vibe. And I had like 20,000 subscribers on YouTube. All the videos are gone now, I deleted them. But I'm gonna get into why I deleted them. But I fully was on YouTube for like two years, just doing my shit before this whole like <laughs> rebrand, not rebrand, but like life got me, girl, and it got me good. But there are people who still follow me and have found me again from my old channel that I deleted. But I wanna give you background of like why I deleted it, the whole manifestation spiel and all that. So when I was in nursing school, for those of you that don't know, I'm a nurse. I don't practice as a nurse anymore, but my license and everything is up to date. But when I was in nursing school, I joined college at 18 and was in nursing school 19, I think. So when I was in college is when I started doing YouTube. I was like, just kind of fucking around and like doing what I wanted. I let myself have fun with it. Like I genuinely just had fun with YouTube and it was like my little hobby. Like while I was going through nursing school, I would post once a week. And it was just like fun, it was a distraction, and I enjoyed it. But like I was trying to hit a certain amount of subscribers. The amount I got to was 20,000 before I deleted everything. But I was always trying to get like 50,000, 100,000, that was like my goal. And that's what I was like writing down, trying to like manifest all these years ago. And what's funny is now, I have 330,000 subscribers on this channel, which is totally different, separate. Funny how things work, you know? But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So I let myself post on YouTube and kind of have fun and be a kid in a way and just like shoot shit and like have fun online, have a little hobby. Because I knew after nursing school, like as soon as I graduated, I already had decided in my head, I'm gonna delete everything and wipe everything off the internet because 
I was concerned that when I graduated nursing school and I was applying for nursing jobs that I wasn't going to get hired because they'd like find me on YouTube. And it's not that what I was posting on YouTube was bad. I just didn't want my bosses and potential employers and like hospitals to see me cutting shit online and just like having fun and seeing that side of my personality. I wanted to be taken very serious and very business. So at 18, I decided to have fun and just do it. 21 is when I graduated nursing school and I was officially a nurse. And that's when I deleted everything. I didn't just like hide it or private it. I deleted everything and you can't find the videos. They're not like existent, but it was kind of like such like a heartbreaking thing. And I look at it like a failure because I wanted to hit 50,000 subscribers and then a hundred thousand eventually, but it never got there. And I knew I had a time constraint on it because I knew I was deleting everything, but I let myself have fun, never hit the subscribers I wanted to hit. I was real sad about it. I was just like, damn, all right, whatever. I guess the working life is for me. <laughs> Flat twist. This life was just not for me yet. So on my graduation day, I deleted everything. I deleted all traces of like my old videos on the internet. And I started working as a nurse. But something a lot of people don't know about me is I got my real estate license when I was in Florida. Right after I finished nursing school, I was like, why not get my real estate license and do both? Like I've always had a, an itch to like make a lot of money and be successful and I will do whatever it takes. And I was like, being a nurse will be fun, but I'm only going to work three nights a week. So if I have four extra days, I'll do real estate on the side, sell some houses, do my thing and make extra money and then get myself through my next years of school. Because my plan was never to stop at nursing. I was going to go to school to be a nurse anesthetist. So there was a lot more schooling to go through, but I was like, I need to be able to support myself through school and like live on my own. It's like, duh. So that was my original plan was to go be a nurse anesthetist and have my real estate license. And I was gonna sell houses and then eventually get to a point where I could flip houses and like buy them because I had the money from the job that I was gonna get because nurse anesthetists make good money. I make more than that now. <laughs> but I don't wanna just breeze past me going to real estate school and nursing school. Like they were very hard. It was a lot of effort, a lot of discipline and a lot of struggles, but I did it. Like when I commit to something, it's like, I always tell myself, consider it done. Like as soon as I say, I'm going to do something, it's done in my head. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make it and like accomplish what I set out to do. So I finished nursing school and I was like, let's do real estate school. So taking the nursing boards was tough. And I was like, if any time is the best time to go take another state test, it's right after I just did the hardest one. So going to real estate school was kind of easy and passing that test was not anything near as bad as the nursing ones because in nursing, I had like 20 something textbooks. In real estate school, I had one textbook and I read the whole thing three times and that's how I passed my test. Do you think that was fun? No. You think I wanted to read it three times? No, but that's what I'm saying. Like you gotta just do what you gotta do to do the things you want to do. Like make sure you pass. You only got to pass once. So I looked at it like I'm going to study so much. It doesn't make sense for me not to pass. And I passed, but I didn't do anything with my real estate license. It actually didn't turn into anything in that front. I was nursing and I nursed for a few years, but right before I was about to go into real estate is when I met that ex that ruined my fucking life. Bull. If you want to hear more about that situation, episode 67 of my podcast, I spill a lot more about everything that happened. I also talked about a lot more with the ex in episode 60 of my podcast. So 60 and 67, go watch those if you want the background of like the ex and like everything that happened there. But 
when I met him is when I was finished with real estate school and I was going to start doing real estate. Like I had my brokerage I was going to go to and everything. It was all set up and I was about to do it. And then I started flying back and forth to Atlanta every weekend. I would fly in, work four days as a nurse and then fly out for a week. And it was just too much. And I was like, I'm going to enjoy this. Like I just busted my ass in school. So I was like, I'm going to enjoy my little life. Like I need to relax a bit. Like I was still full-time working as a nurse, but I was like, before I jump and like double down on real estate and having a relationship, I was like, let me chill for a second and just see if anything comes of the relationship. I ended up never using the real estate license and I just let it go because I had no interest. It was just going to be means of me to make money. Like that was really all it was, was like, I was just going to do that to make money. Did I really give a shit? No. Did I want to deal with people buying houses? No. <laughs> and that really wasn't a failure to me because I still use a lot of the knowledge that I have about real estate. And every time I go to get a new apartment or when I go to buy a house, I know things I ain't supposed to know. I know things most people don't know. Like all these things help me. And I'm about to get into a lot more examples where things stack on themselves. So after I ended that relationship and shit got terrible, that's when I talk about in my old episodes, uh, a false investigation was launched on me and my nursing career and my nursing license with the Florida Board of Nursing. So I had to basically pause nursing and that's when I got into dealing cards. That's what I always talk about. You know what the fuck I'm talking about when I say I'm dealing cards. I just can't talk about it online. <laughs> and my little desire to have a YouTube channel did not die. So I restarted my YouTube channel that I was doing, but I restarted it years and years later. Like I had the same channel and I had lost, I think like, 5,000 subscribers after not posting for a few years, but I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. Like, let's just restart. It was fun. I needed something that was like a little bit fun in my life at that point and a distraction again. So I started posting on YouTube again and I tried to go back into posting things that I used to post like designer little unboxings and like stupid shit like that. But I just kept feeling so uninterested by it. Like that's what would pull in views. But I felt so called to talk about the shit that I know and my insight and awareness and things like that. Like mental health related things is what I wanted to talk about. That's what made me happy. So I was trying to balance like posting like designer shit, unboxings, lifestyle shit, plus like the mental health stuff that I was learning and going through and the things that I was realizing as I was going through it. But I got very disheartened because that's like a period where YouTube was kind of dead. The views were so low on my videos like views were like less than a thousand views every video and I used to pull like between 20 to 100,000 views a video back in the day when I was like doing good but at this point when I tried to restart it and like re-go back into that desire I was not getting shit like it was like less than a thousand views and I got so disheartened by it but I tried to keep posting but while I was doing that, I started a business a lot of people don't know about, and I have never talked about this online, but I had an online crystal business, and it was called Leo's Geodes, because geodes are crystals, and I fully did everything myself. Like, I invested the money into buying the inventory. I taught myself how to build a website and make an online store. I taught myself about shipping. I taught myself about opening an LLC to have that under. I literally taught myself everything. I researched it and I did it and I made everything happen and I fully started this business and it didn't do good really at all. That's another situation where like I wasn't in it. Like I didn't love it. Like I loved certain aspects of it, but 
it was just so much work for something I had no actual like internal drive for. So anything basically was able to stop me. So that's how I kind of look at that as a failure. I closed the business after I had like, I think I got like six sales total after like three months. And I was like, this is not, this is not doing it. It's not going to work. And I was at a crossroads kind of, of like dump more money into it learn about advertising, learn about all these new things, develop all these new skills and keep going into it. But I was like, if I'm going to put all of this time and effort and energy into something, I want it to be into something that I give a fuck about. So that's when I came up with the idea for my app. (laughs) And that was the next thing I tried. So I created the app Positive Focused. And that app is the biggest headache of anything I've ever dealt with in my life. But A lot of the skills I learned and taught myself from the crystal business, I learned a lot about business, legalities, contracts, and a lot of shit that helped me so much when I started my app. Like it was so much more of a breeze. Cause like when I was starting the crystal business, I was trying to figure things out as I went. So it took 10 times longer. If I just knew how to execute and make websites and do all these things, if I knew how to do that, it would have been way quicker. I was learning as I was going and it was slow as hell and it felt like so much more work. When I did my app, it's a different world and there was a people involved actually this time, not just like manufacturers and suppliers for like the crystals, but I had to have someone and hire someone to create the app and develop it. So I had to get a software engineer to make it and that was a shit show in itself. But my biggest thing was I just wanted to make $5,000 a month. With whatever I was doing, I wanted to make five grand a month. I was making a lot more than that when I was dealing cards at the fake casino. (laughs) But that's not something I ever wanted to do long-term. I did it because I was like, fuck it. Like I was at a bad point in my life. I tried to go the correct route, like the legal route, taxable income route and do the nursing and that all got fucked up in the system. The investigation was dropped because they found nothing, but it put me in a financial bind. So I had to get myself out of it and turning to the system fucked me. So I turned away from the system and I did what I had to do. But I knew the whole time in my head, kind of like the YouTube thing, like it's got a time limit on it. Like when I got in the game of dealing cards, I knew I had to get out before shit got bad or I got risk. Like, how do I fucking talk about this? Like openly and freely. I can't. Oh, like YouTube is such a pain in the ass, but also the legal system. Like I can't really like admit to all these things, but dealing cards is what I was doing for anyone watching this. That wants to throw the little badge at me. I was dealing cards at a casino. It was legal. So my goal was with the money that I was making from my side hustle. I was going to do something and invest it in a way where I could do something and make at least five grand a month. Cause I was like, I just want to be independent, move out on my own and do my own thing and like be able to support myself. And then I can figure out what I want to do with my life. So I was like this app, like this could save me. This could be it. Like I can get away from this life. I know I don't want to be in. I feel so off path and so off track. I like tried to gear myself off and go into my app and It wasn't successful at the beginning for shit. Like it was costing me so much money to keep it running. And a lot of people don't know that I still schedule the quotes for my app every single week. So like all the quotes that you see, I'm sitting there typing them. I'm sitting there. I'm the one in your pocket that's making your phone go off. Like I schedule all of those still. I don't like to have anyone with their hands in it. Like I I want that connection for people that have my app. It's like, you know, it's me. 
But with making that app came a lot of heartbreak because I didn't even make like $500 a month for the first like few months. Like I think I made like a hundred bucks like ish the first month. And that's kind of when I was like starting on TikTok. So I had a little bit of an audience. I think I had like 60 or 80,000 followers, but the app was not doing as good as I thought. It was not like bringing in money. And I felt back at square one. I was like, now I'm like 30, I don't even know how much it was like 35, $40,000 in the bucket for this damn app. And I thought this investment would have made it where I could go and do something else or be okay. And I thought this investment was one where I could be okay for a minute and then figure out my next steps and go into something else. But it, no, the urgency was still there of like, you have to live, you have to make money to live. So with my app not being successful, I was very much crushed, very much upset. I'm like 30, $40,000 in the bucket. And I started to like lose my mind because where I was living in Florida at the time, I wanted to get out so bad. Like I was not doing okay, like mentally and emotionally. And I was like, if I don't get out of this town, I'm not going to make it. And I was kind of like in that period of like, fuck, like I cannot find a way to make money. And I was so irritated. Like I was literally so angry and the app like literally broke my heart and i was so upset because i was at a point where i was making like 500 bucks a month with it what you gonna do with 500 bucks a month you ain't living off that you ain't getting that ain't even half rent at an apartment so i knew i wanted to move and i didn't really see a way to make money and this is when i deleted my youtube for the second time that i was making so like the videos i was doing i wiped them all again from the internet completely abandoned youtube again and deleted it because I was like, I'm not gaining subscribers. I'm not getting views for shit. It's kind of a waste of time. And I was just so disheartened by it. I was not in a good place to like deal with any more disappointment. So I just wiped the whole thing and I deleted the YouTube again. And then a few months later, I say a few, but like a lot of months later is when I was like posting on TikTok and things started going good there. And then I started this podcast. And at this point I had been doing my podcast for around six months. So I was about six months into it posting every Sunday. My podcast started gaining a little bit of traction. I had like 5,000 downloads an episode, I think. Maybe it was 10,000. I don't know. I was getting like five to 10,000 downloads every episode on my podcast and people were liking it. And it was like episode 25, I think. So I was like, why don't I try and monetize my podcast? Like this is my one thing that's consistently like working. I didn't know how to monetize TikTok. I didn't understand brand deals and all that shit back then. All I knew was I wanted to move away, get the hell out of where I was and be able to support myself without having to go back to nursing. So I literally was like, okay, let's try and monetize this podcast because I was putting a lot into it and I still put a lot into it. Now I make a shit ton of money from it and everything's peachy keen, fine. But back then when I was trying to make money, it was like, I couldn't crack like making money at first. So like I started my Patreon for my podcast. So I took my podcast from being a public podcast and I left episode one through 24 available to the public. And I decided, okay, episode 25 and forward is gonna be Patreon only. So like I had 24 episodes out for free and I was like, if you like how this is going, if you like what you're learning, come over here and if you wanna keep listening, I made it $10 a month to subscribe to my Patreon. So I was like four episodes a month and it's 10 bucks. I was like, that's very much reasonable. Like I give you more than most therapists give you and they're hundreds an hour. So I feel like that was very fair. And I still remember the heartbreak that I felt when I started my Patreon because not as many people signed up as I thought. And it took like a month for me to start making 
around like $2,000. I was making like 2,500 bucks a month, but Patreon takes 20% of that. So I don't know how much I was getting. I can't do the math right now, but I was at a point where like my Patreon was bringing in $2,500 a month. And I was like, okay, like we got somewhere, like we're halfway there. So at that point I was like, okay, I'm seeing like some kind of light at the end of a tunnel. Like I'm, I found a way to make a little bit of money. Let's make more. What else can I do? How can I make more? And it's kind of like when I talk about being guided to your purpose, you're going to be steered around like a dick. Like the universe is going to jerk you around and plant you where it needs to plant you and like guide you where it needs to go. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to feel good, but it felt like hell to go back to nursing. And I knew that. So I knew let's not go that way. Like if you know that you hate something, you know, a direction not to go. So turn away from it if you can. But I was in a place financially in this point where I needed to make something work or my ass was going back to nursing. So I had a TikTok account called Life Coach Leo. And I was posting on there and talking about different perspectives people don't understand. I talked a lot about how I get through things and like random just ideas, perspectives, advice, things that were coming up. It was like little versions of my podcast, but like more on the fly and just like sitting down talking, shooting shit. And that profile was doing good. But my bigger page was Leo Skeppy. So I had Leo Skeppy, which was, it used to be called not Leo for legal reasons, but now it's Leo Skeppy. And then I had life coach Leo and I still have Leo Skeppy. That's my main TikTok account. I'm about to hit 4 million followers. Yay. But life coach Leo on TikTok is still up. I just don't post on it. Like that account, I like, I let it die. Like, cause I'm over it because now my podcast is where I share all of this. And this is just a random little side note of one more thing I had to deal with that ex I had paid hackers to hack into my Instagram account and my Snapchat account. I had my Instagram deleted that I had had since I'm like 16, lost everything, still can't get back into it, lost all the followers, lost all the people who followed me for all these years, lost all the photos, all the saved shit, gone. Started a new Instagram and it was like building back up and I was like doing okay. I only had like six or 7,000 followers. It got deleted again from the motherfucker. So my Snapchat also got deleted and it was my Snapchat that I had had since I was like 16 or 17 also. And all the memories I had saved in it were gone, wiped out. Everything was gone. Like I could not access these accounts. They were like hacked and deleted. So there was no way to get them back. I had tried contacting Instagram. I had tried contacting Snapchat. I wasn't big enough for them to give a fuck. So I lost everything. And it's funny. The reason I'm back on Snapchat and I have my old account on Snapchat now is all these years later, this is like a few months ago when I got back on Snapchat, Snapchat reached out to my team at UTA and asked me to get on Snapchat because I've been doing good on all of my other socials. And I was like, okay, I have no desire to get on Snapchat. Y'all pissed me the fuck off and hurt my feelings a long time ago. But if you can get me my old account back so I can have all my memories and get me back on Snapchat because I wanted the name Leo Skeppy on Snapchat like I had but I didn't want to make a new account with a different name. I was like, if you can get me my old account back, I'll start posting on Snapchat. And they got me my account back. So that's why I post on Snapchat now. If you haven't added me there, go add me. It's Leo Skeppy. But I just wanted to throw this little tidbit in here. This is just one more headache I had to deal with. But with that Life Coach Leo TikTok account, a lot of people kept asking like how they could talk to me, how they could get advice from me one-on-one -on -one and have a conversation with me. Like, how could they pay basically to talk to me? And I was like, okay, maybe there's something in this. So I started looking up certifications and going back to college. I was like, maybe I'll become a counselor or a therapist. 
And there's so much legal bullshit with someone coming in and telling you they want to unalive themselves or they are honest about what they're feeling or something that they did. When they confess to someone who is licensed by a state, they legally have to report to the state the person talking to them. Life coaches are not licensed by any state, so they don't have to legally report anything. From my understanding. There is a lot of gray area and life coaching certifications were way quicker to get than going to school for four years to be a counselor or eight years to be a therapist. I'm not doing that. I need money now. <laughs> but I wanted to make it in a way that felt good. Like I hated how much I hated having to do things to make money. So I was like, if I could genuinely just like sit here and talk to people all day and give them new perspectives and help them through what they're going through and spot and point out what they're not seeing that could help them. I was like, if I can make money doing that, I will lose my mind. Like that's like the best thing you could give me as a means of making money. So I was like researching it, looking it up. I ended up getting seven different life coaching certifications just to cover my ass to be safe. And then I made a website where people could go and schedule with me. And I was like, Leo, are we finna start a coaching business? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like I was making my 2,500 bucks from Patreon. I was like, if I can make the rest of the five grand with my coaching calls every month, I can move out and I'm free. So all of the skills that I learned from making my other websites and doing my app, I learned how to make LLCs and make businesses to protect myself legally. I also learned how to make websites for my crystal business. All these skills that I learned from things that I previously failed at all came into account and all worked for me and made this new path I was going down 10 times easier. This is the path you're meant to be on. So when you're equipped and you feel it, it's, it's real nice. It's it just a breeze. So I made my full website for my coaching calls and I launched it on TikTok and I posted about it. But before I launched this site for my coaching calls, I was shit scared. I was terrified. I had just gone through the whole disheartening experience of my Patreon, not having that many people convert and really like seem to give a fuck and want to pay to like watch what I was doing. So I was like in my head, no one's going to pay to want to talk to me. Like, yeah, they're saying it, but like, are they actually going to do it? I was so planning for it not to go good. I literally was so stressed out. You have no clue how much it took for me to launch my coaching website. But the main thing that made me post it and post that I was doing coaching calls is before I went back to nursing and like fell back to my plan B or like did something else, I wanted to make sure this was not an option because I so wanted this to work. Like I wanted everything else to work, but this is the one thing I was so heart in it about and I wanted it to work. So I was like, I need confirmation and certainty for me to go forward in my life. This was never going to work. And I had to try it to see if it would work or not. So that's really why I did it. Like I always say, I'd rather look back and say, oh, well, then look back in my past and be like, oh, what if? Like, what if I had tried this? I'd rather say, oh, well, then what if? And I had to apply that here. So I launched the site and I had, I think, 20 people schedule in the first like three or four days. And I was like, whoa, because I made my starting price $90 a call for a 50 minute call. So basically like an hour, I would always go over but I gave myself that 10 minutes of buffer time between calls, but I would always stay longer with people. Like I just, I get into it and I love that. I hate when you're at a therapist and you're like in the middle of something, they're like, oh, well you have to go, give me your card. Like, no, I don't like that. So I always gave myself time, but like I always made sure to like stay with people as long as I needed to, to like make them feel complete with the call. 
So like I said, 20 people scheduled in the first few days. And I was like, Leo, this might be it. And I fully was at a point mentally and emotionally with living in Florida where I was like, I finally see a ticket out. I don't know if this is going to last. I don't know if it's going to work, but let's jump. And I fully, five days later, moved to Houston. I drove to Houston that night, stayed with my cousins, went and hunted for apartments, found one I like. Well, I found one that was good enough. My first apartment was like $1,250 a month, like $1,250, like $1,250 a month. Like it was nothing crazy. It was nothing nice. Like I was so like embarrassed of it and was trying to hide it and make it like look decent because I was so like embarrassed to be online in it, but I didn't care. Cause like everybody online that's like an influencer is making so much money. I didn't know how to do it. So I was like just figuring shit out on my own and like trying to hide the fact that I was struggling financially. So like I said, I drove up, found my apartment, drove back home, signed the lease. They sent it to me electronically, signed the lease, got in the car, and drove to Houston and moved. So when I launched my coaching site for my coaching calls, three days later, I was in the car on the way to Houston. A week after I launched the site, so four days later, I was living in Houston. Like I was pulling in, living in Houston. I fully took a whole risk with my entire life. But like I said, I was at a point like mentally, I didn't care. Like I just knew I needed to get out of where I was and go take a chance on life and see what I was made of. But I went in it in the back of my head. Like I have... So many things I can do if I don't make enough money. I was like, I'll go be a bartender. That'll be fun. I'll go be bartender, have fun, make a little money. I have the personality for it. I can make drinks. I can learn any skill very quickly. So I literally bought all of the cups and all of the barware and everything I would need to practice bartending. And I actually went and like applied to a couple of places to like make sure I had a job lined up if it didn't work out. Like I fully like taught myself how to bartend in five days, watched all these videos, memorized all these recipes, taught myself how to bartend, taught myself some tricks. I can like do cool shit and went and applied to like, a couple of jobs, went to a couple of interviews. And I knew like I had this safety of like, if things go wrong or go bad, I can at least pay my bills in Houston. I'll go bartend. If worst case scenario, I'm not leaving Houston, I'll go be a nurse. Because when I got my nursing license, I got the state, like, what was it called? Like multi-state recognition license or like, Whatever, whatever it means, I don't know the terminology now, where you can practice in multiple states. It's recognized by other states. And Houston was one of them recognized by Florida. So I was like, if all else fails, I'm not going to be homeless. I'm not going to be on my ass. I'm not going to starve. I'll go back to nursing. But I did not want to do it. Like nursing killed my soul. But luckily, my coaching calls kept coming in. And I was doing way better than I thought. So how I talked about 20 people scheduled in the three days, it turned into like 40 after that week. So I was like in Houston and I was like, Okay, I have these 40 calls, like I'm starting to take a few and have a few and they were going so good, people were rescheduling and rebooking and I was like, holy shit and then like more people were booking and it got to a point where I was getting like booked out and I was doing so much better financially but I was doing like 40 to 45 calls a week. So I was working a lot but I loved it. Like I loved every single call I had and it brought me so much joy. I didn't feel like I was working and I was making money. And I was like, is this what the fuck being in your purpose is like? Because <laughs> what? And then I got to a point where I was getting so booked out. I had to increase my prices. The first people that started with me, I honored the pricing and I kept them at 90, like 100 bucks, whatever it was. But I was at 150. And then I went to 200. 
and then I was at 250 a call and I was still getting booked out. But I do want to take a quick second to talk about the sponsor of today's podcast episode, and it's Vessi. Again, I talked about them in the last episode, but they're a shoe company. They have a lot of accessories and things, but they're mainly known for their shoes and their footwear that is like weatherproof because they make shoes that are actually cute. That's going to keep your socks dry. You can wear them out in the rain. You don't have to wear an ugly rain boot. You can actually wear a cute shoe. Like their shoes are all waterproof, but they're not going to ruin the vibe. They're not going to ruin the fit. So there's a rainy day and you want to have a cute shoe, but you also want to like not have to deal with it getting ruined or like water getting in your socks. Vessi. All their footwear can also be worn to the beach because a lot of people don't like when they walk into the water and you can feel the seaweed. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. And I don't like to walk around on things. You can hike in the shoes. Anything you do related to nature, water, weather. If you want to protect your feet, keep them cute. Keep them dry. Vessi got you covered. They also have other accessories like gloves. Because a lot of people don't like to touch certain things. And I'm a texture person, so I get it. I like their gloves a lot. I got the black ones, duh. So if any of this sounds interesting to you and you want to check it out, you can head over to Vessi.com slash aware. It's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash aware. That's how I know you came from me. But also, if you use code aware, the coupon code at checkout, you'll get 15% off whatever you want to buy. So happy shopping. But in this process of my coaching calls going so well, I was helping people very quickly and people that I would see weekly would turn into every other week and then monthly. So I was like losing clients, but it's not like I was losing them. Like I was helping them and they didn't need me anymore. And that's where having a good heart like fucked me for my financial life and my situation because I prioritized people over me being okay financially. Like I wanted to make sure they were okay. I wasn't gonna withhold things and make them feel like they needed me and only tell them half of things and half help them so they keep coming back so I can pay my bills. I wanted to give everybody as much as I could and get them okay. And luckily more people just always kept finding me and scheduling and it went really good. So after like two months being in Houston, I had my Patreon and I had my coaching calls and I was doing really well. But I was kind of getting sad about my podcast because like I said, I was working like 45 hours a week doing the coaching calls and I was also doing a podcast every week and also trying to post on social media. Like I was working a lot and nonstop, honestly. But with me also doing a podcast every week, I was like, okay, I'm all right financially now. But I was at a point where I was like, for me to put out this podcast for these few hundred people that only got into the Patreon, I was like, I need this to be worth my time and feel like it's doing more. And I kind of had to check myself. And I was like, Leo, why did you start your podcast? It's to share the awareness that I've gained. Locking it in a Patreon is not going to help it get out and be spread. People were still sharing it, but it wasn't able to spread and grow as fast as it could. Like I was limiting the potential of the information that I was giving out. But my whole point was to just share the information. So... I chose, this scared the shit out of me, and I was not in a cushy, comfortable situation yet. Like, this was still a big risk for me to do this, but I decided to take my Patreon down and make my podcast public again. And I decided to get rid of the $2,500 a month that I knew was my only consistent thing and just work my ass off on the coaching calls and see if I can get it to, like, take off or, like, have anything happen. I also was having a little bit more success with my app. I was making like 800 bucks a month for my app at that time. But deciding to get rid of my Patreon scared the living shit out of me. It was like 
money was the thing I was trying to like get so I could feel calm and safe for a minute. Like getting my finances in check was like my main priority. So it was so contradictive for me to finally see success in this thing, have one thing that is consistent, stable income and then throw it away because of my mission and my purpose and my goal. Oh my God. But that's where I talk about character and you have to have character people cannot fuck with or ever question. I will always prioritize who I am and why I do what I do over making money. And it is paid off tenfold, 20 fold. I don't even know how many folds it's folded, but it's folded plenty. But I just want to talk about that with me closing out my Patreon and making my podcast public again, because it was a very hard decision for me to make. I knew I was going to make it. I knew I was going to do it. I was just facing the risk of like not making enough money, being scared shitless and having to potentially go bartend while I'm doing my coaching calls, which I didn't have the time for. But luckily when I released my podcast back to the public for free, a lot more people started finding it and then started booking coaching calls. So like I was okay and it worked out. And it took me a while to supplement that income back of the Patreon with the coaching. But I was kind of at a period, like I said in my podcast episode about making money, I was making around eight grand a month. And I was like, okay, I'm comfortable. I'm happy. I'm working a lot, but I enjoy it. But $8,000 a month, I wanted more than that. Like I've always just known I was going to make a lot of money. And I was just like, I just got to figure out how. So this is when I had an idea for a separate business I was going to start. And you're going to think I'm absolutely insane, but there's a lot of money in this. So I had connections with a couple of people who have roofing companies. And basically you have to have certain amount of years of experience working on roofs or being in the roofing kind of like industry to have the experience to be able to take a test to become a contractor. And I had people who were willing to lie for me to like say that he has the experience. I was just going to read all the books and learn everything I could because I'm very good at taking tests. Not I'm very good. I study my ass off. So I always pass my tests. but people can't pass this test. It's very hard to pass. So I was like, if I can pass this test, I have people who will lie for me and say I worked for them for four years when I didn't. <laughs> I don't know how deep I want to get into the terminology with it, but I basically could have contracted out jobs and collected a fuck ton of money, like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year passively, people just working under my license. So that was a route I was going to go to make a passive income and be making a shit ton of money while I was doing my coaching calls. Cause I love that. Like making my podcast, doing my coaching calls. I was like, if I can't make enough money where I can have like a lot of extra and live the life I want to live this way, I want to continue doing this because I enjoy it, but I'm going to go make my money somewhere else. I want this money. So like, I want this lifestyle. You can't get rid of a desire. You have to get it. So I literally started studying for this exam. I bought all the roofing books and I know a lot about roofing for no fucking reason now. <laughs> and I'm kind of going to talk about law of attraction manifestation type stuff because a lot of people talk about following your purpose makes you money. And I was like, not knowledgeable about how to scale my coaching business to where I could make the amount of money that I wanted to make. That was a lack of knowledge. I could have made a lot more money with what I was doing. I just didn't know. So when I was like, I'm going to have to go do roofing. I know I don't want to do it. I know I don't want to read these books. It's not interesting to me. I would fall asleep reading the books all the time, but I was kind of like resisting myself 
and resisting the whole concept of following your purpose and abundance will follow because I was like, I don't see a way to make it over here. So I'm just going to suck it up, shut up, get this roofing shit done and make my money. Like I know it's in a way that I have no interest and I don't care and it's irritating and I don't like it, but that's what I see as a potential. And it's kind of like relatively easy. I have all the connects for it. So I was like, let's just do that. So I fully was committed and I was like, let's do it. And as I was studying and learning what to do for roofing and getting ready to take my exam, it released a lot of resistance in me. And just being willing to go into that and take all the pressure off of my purpose and what I was trying to do over here. My theory is when you talk about law of attraction and like resistance and all that, I took all the resistance off of here. I was still doing it, still loved it, but my purpose and my intention was not to make a lot of money here. It's what I wanted, it was a desire, but I was like, let's just go make the money over here and I'll do all this because it just makes me happy. And that's when a lot of things started happening with social media. A lot of things started blowing up. A lot of brand deals started coming in. I started learning a lot more about it. I started making a lot more off of social media. My podcast was growing like insanity. And a big reason I think my podcast was growing so much and so fast is because I did decide to start doing the video version and posting it on YouTube. So if you're watching it on YouTube, hi. So episode one through 39 of my podcast was audio only. Like I only recorded the audio and I wanted to help it grow and gain attention. So that's why I decided to start posting it on YouTube. And I like bought all the equipment, bought all the camera lights set up so I could start recording it and also posting it on YouTube to attract a different audience, help it grow and make clips that I could post on TikTok that could help it grow also. Because posting my podcast clips that were just my audio didn't ever do well. I needed the visual to go with it to help it grow. But it's a weird way how I kind of like backwards like met the desire that I had to have a YouTube channel because I restarted a whole new channel. This is a whole new channel that I'm on now, but it's nothing like I was trying to do before. So how I said, things are not not possible. Like they're happening. They might not be how you're currently doing it or it might just be later down the line when it's supposed to work out. Like I have met my desire for having a YouTube channel now. My channel's pretty fucking big. And especially in a time where YouTube's like mostly kind of like dead, it's coming back a little bit. But that desire I had to have a YouTube channel is now met. It's weird how that worked. But when I started this YouTube channel and started posting my podcast, I didn't have too much resistance around it because I wasn't trying to do it how I did before. My intention was not to have a YouTube channel and have it be about me. It was just like an extension of the podcast. So like getting back on YouTube was easy, but all of the skills that I had learned about YouTube and making YouTube videos all these years made it so much easier. Like knowing how to work a camera and all that, knowing how to work a mic is a different story, but knowing how to work a camera and also editing YouTube videos, uploading them, posting everything, this is all things that I already had the knowledge from, from trying it so many times. Like I kept recommitting to this desire, but like this last time when it worked was just for a different reason. But all of these skills that I had built before that I looked at as such a failure are a reason that things have gone so well now. It's insane. Like when you keep recommitting is when shit unfolds. And I was making money from YouTube. Just posting it on YouTube was making me money. And I was like, hey, all right. I did get demonetized on a lot of stuff. But like I'm back getting monetized now, but I was making like pretty decent money with some things that were happening. It's like while I, my nose was dug in over here on the roofing stuff, 
a lot of things with my social media and my coaching and everything was happening was like building and getting better. And I started making a lot of money over here. And then I had the idea to make merch. And I had had the idea for like six months before I ever actually dropped my merch, before I actually did it. Cause I was so scared, worried, eh, like didn't know what the fuck was like gonna come of it. But I wanted to take the idea for the merch seriously at the time that I did because everything was kind of blowing up at once and I was like, if there's any chance it's ever gonna work, it's now. And this is another prime example of all the skills from all my failures of the past came in handy. Like when I was reaching out for manufacturers and people to make my merch and fulfill it, it was easier because I had already had previous experience with my crystal business, with finding manufacturers. I know how to talk to them. I know how to haggle. I know how to find things. I know how to talk and navigate these conversations and like save money. I know how to test samples and find the best quality and get everything going how it was going. And what people don't know is my merch was all me. Like I made everything. I'm the one fully responsible for everything about my merch. With the website, I had to create the website. I had to find the merch, make the merch, my designs for my merch. A lot of the just typing is just normal font. But for my aware and aggravated logo, I didn't like any font that was out there. So I hand drew it like my aware and aggravated logo on my merch was hand drawn. Like I literally spent hours like on my iPad drawing this so I could transfer it onto my laptop to get the design that I wanted to have. Like a lot of people don't know that, but like a lot more effort and like personal intention went into it than everybody realizes. And the same thing with they wear an aggravated like the hoodie. It says trust no one on the sleeve because that's where I have my trust no one tattoo. I hand drew that font too because I want it to be perfect. I'm a perfectionist if you couldn't tell. But I am in the process of switching to a new merch company, but it's not really merch. It's a transition of like my merch into more of like a clothing line vibe. Like the people I'm working with now, it's all gonna switch around December with my next drop that I'm gonna do. But all my merch I have right now is limited. Like you're not gonna be able to get it once I switch to the new manufacturer in December. So like this first round of merch I have, all the designs are gonna go away. So if you want anything, links in the description, go buy it if you wanna be like part of the first. But my new company that I'm working with, my new manufacturer, with everything I'm doing clothing wise and merch wise and everything that I wanna make and do, cause I wanna make like cigarette holders, ashtrays, pocket knives, like clothing, all kind of stuff, bags, that's coming. But this company's a lot more elevated and I'm gonna have a lot more control over quality prints, designs, anything I wanna make, I can do it. And when I switch to that, I'm no longer gonna be doing customer service. Like there, it's gonna be a full like company of what I'm making. So that's been in the works for a while. I don't talk about a lot of things that I work on. I move in silence and I'm just like, oh, I did this thing. But that's something I'm very excited for. But I just wanted to throw this little tidbit of information in there. But the point is, I launched merch. I haven't told anybody this, but my merch changed the entire trajectory of this roofing business because I made $20,000 in the first two hours of my merch launch. And when I made that video talking about how grateful I am, like you guys literally steered me off a path I was not meant to go down and reaffirmed and reassured me this is where I'm supposed to go. I'm supposed to be spending my energy in my coaching and my podcast and things I'm supposed to be doing. So the money that I thought I could only make on roofing, I started making on the other things I was doing. And my social media, like the brand deals that I get that I do now, it's like, I don't do anything out of alignment with what I want. Like I make sure everything that I do 
is something I actually believe in and like. You can't put money in my face. Like I say, the character, you can't bend. You can't put money in my face and make me jump through a hoop. If I don't want to jump through the hoop, I ain't jumping through the hoop. If I don't like the hoop, I ain't jumping through it. And I'm not going to lie and tell people it's good if it's not. But with all that being said, there are a couple of other things I do business-wise that are not failures that I'm not going to tell you about. <laughs> That's for me to know. <laughs> Nothing illegal. It's all taxable. It's all fine. Don't stress out. But there are a couple of other business things that I do and I'm involved in that I make money from. But my whole point with all of this is like the roofing thing, I let that shit go immediately because it's like as soon as I was fully committed to it, like, all right, let's just do it. Like I accepted my fate of like, I'm not going to make money this way. I started making money that way. Oh, that pisses me off. Like whoever designed this law of attraction can eat shit. Like that's the most ass backwards annoying thing. Cause like the mental turmoil of like, not knowing where you're going, what you're doing. It's like when you follow this like purpose thing and you try and like be spiritual about life and make money, like girl, it will jerk you around. Like I said, you'll get jerked around into your purpose. But I really just wanted to be honest about this and share this all with you because I know how disheartening it is when you're trying to accomplish things and achieve things or, like go a different route or try something and like deal with the confusion of law of attraction and like this whole spiritual shit. It's like this can take so many forms and this can go so many routes. And I want you to take inspiration from what I've just said. Like you've only heard cut and dry facts of it. You didn't see what my life was like while I was doing these things and how bad I was struggling and how much I hated shit and how much I didn't sleep and how much I was stressed and how many nights I cried myself to sleep. Literally, there's so much that's gone into it. And I don't want you hearing me talk about any of these things like, oh, it's just light, easy, breezy, like flies by. No, this was all very, very hard emotionally, mentally. And I lost my faith in people with sales and trying to sell things so many times. Like I lost faith that like anyone was smart enough to see value in front of their fucking face. So <laughs> I'm talking about value that you can exchange for it. But a lot of these things like hurt it. But then what I'm doing in my purpose healed all of that. Made me feel better about it. But I just for fun and like shits and giggles. I want to tell you about an experience that I had when I was very young that started my disappointment with people. So I just got to jump into it. There's no like prefacing. What is the preface preface? Whatever. There's no like background information. I was like eight years old and there was this thing that I wanted to buy from this fucking dumb little restaurant me and my family used to go to. And I was eight years old and I literally like every time we'd go to this restaurant, I would see it. It was this wooden box and on the lid, it was just like a wooden box and you would slide the lid and then a rat, like a fake rat, like a little rubber rat would like flip out on your hand. It was like a joke. It was like a prank box. And I loved it. I don't know why. I wanted it so bad. I wanted the little rat box. <laughs> now that I think about it, I think this is so funny. But the little rat box was $16 and I begged my parents for it. Begged, begged, begged every time we went. And they wouldn't get it for me. Like, you know how some restaurants have like gift shops and you're walking out. I would always run in there and try and like play with it and convince them to buy it for me. But it was $16 and my parents wouldn't buy it for me. I wasn't going to steal it, but I wanted this damn mousetrap. And so one day it was a Saturday. I planned how I was going to make money to go and buy my little rat trap. I fully looked around my bedroom and found 16 of my favorite toys or like anything that I thought other people would like, like things that I cared about. And I got a plastic Walmart bag, like a little like grocery bag. And I put all of my toys in it. I put my 16 toys in it. And I was like, okay, 
I'm going to go sell these toys for a dollar each and I can have $16 so I can go buy my rat trap. Little me didn't know anything about tax. Like I would have needed like 17, 18 bucks. But anyway, that ain't the point. We're not bullying him for being dumb. <laughs> so little Leo grabs his bag of toys and he goes running around the neighborhood. I literally woke up at like 6 a.m. on a Saturday and I went to everybody's house because I was like, everybody's going to be home from work. I'm not going to bother them. They'll be like up drinking coffee. What the fuck was I doing at 6 a.m.? Eight-year-old me was nuts. <laughs> but I literally remember it clear as day walking to all of my neighbor's doors and I walked for like miles and I probably went to like a hundred different houses and I knocked on the door and I would stand there with my little bag and I was so excited. And every person that came to the door, came to the door very confused. Like, what is this kid doing? And I was like, hi, I was like, I'm selling my toys like for a dollar each. So I was like, if you have any kids of your own or you have like any friends with kids, like anyone that would want any of this, it's a dollar each. And I was so excited to like, potentially like make money and I didn't lose hope. Every house I went to, I was like, oh, they probably just don't have kids. I was hopeful as could be. I was so like, someone's gonna buy something. Someone's gonna buy something. I went to like at least a hundred houses, but I literally remember not one person bought anything. I went home with my bag full of toys, heartbroken. And so just like, what the fuck? Like I was so just like sad and like I was trying and I was so like upset about it. Like I was like so powerless and pissed and like heartbroken and like sad. And I was just like, damn, like that really hurt me a lot when I was little, like an eight year old kid, like going through that. And that like shaped how I am today. That's why whenever I see kids with a lemonade stand or I see kids selling chocolate bars, I'll buy the whole box. I'll give the kids a hundred bucks at the lemonade stand. Whenever people are like selling things, kids are selling art, I will literally just go up to them, hand them a hundred bucks, tell them to keep the paintings. I just wanted to donate to them. And like, whenever I see a child or anyone young trying to do something and make money like that, I never want them to experience the heartbreak that I felt. So I always give them money. I've given thousands of dollars to people before. Like I'll just give them like a thousand bucks, like 500 bucks, cause it makes their whole day. And I weirdly feel like I'm giving it back to myself when I was in that situation trying to make money when I was little and didn't know anything before the world like crushed my fucking dreams and no one bought my fucking toys. Oh, I'm still mad about it. <laughs> but that experience really made me so compassionate to like other people. Like, I don't care how dumb it is. I don't care how much money I haven't had. I've been like this since that day. Like I literally have been at a point where I don't have money so many times and I'm still like giving money to kids or like anyone I see who's like a teenager like trying to do something. Like I've bought so many boxes of chocolate bars from these fucking little Girl Scout bitches and all these people that like come up and like, oh, you wanna buy a chocolate bar for a dollar? I'm like, fuck, now I have to go home with a whole box of chocolates. But sometimes I would just buy the chocolates, give them the money for it and tell them to keep it. Like you go home and you go eat the chocolate, you have it. <laughs> but that's something now that like, brings me so much joy is because I know what that means to these people that I meet, like these kids and like teenagers. Like I know when I give them money or I do something like that for them, I know how it feels. Well, I imagine how it feels. Like it's what I wish someone would have done for me. So I do it non-fucking-stop now. But I just want to say, if you ever see a child trying to sell something, just give them money. I don't care how broke you are. I've been broker than you. Give them money, please. Like don't let a kid go through that. 
I make sure every time I see it, I don't let it happen. Like I never want a kid to experience that heartbreak. Like, please just, if you see a kid out trying to make a little money, just buy his fucking toy, buy his chocolates, buy the little Girl Scouts cookies. Just do something for the kids, please. That was a tangent and a half. I just talked about so much random shit, but I really wanted to give you kind of this background for my 100th episode. I feel like it's a very personal thing. I feel like we could celebrate with a little motivation, a little inspiration. A little get to know me better. Where's my voice going? Oh my God. Did I just lose my fucking voice? Oh no. It, God's telling me shut up. Okay. Wait. Okay. My voice is back. Yay. Was that a loogie or what? It didn't feel like one. I'm going to shut up for this episode. But I do want to say a big thank you to everyone who has stuck with me this far. Or people that are just joining. Thank you. I love you to absolute death. You guys have done so much for me. And you don't even know, like you don't even know what you've done for me emotionally, like mentally, financially, like y'all literally have like steered my whole life in a different direction that was not going to be a good one if I kept going down the paths that I was going down. So I do just want to say a big thank you and cheers to a hundred goddamn episodes. I'm going to go get ready for a Halloween party and I'm going to go drink my ass off. I'm celebrating this. Us. We. I just want to say thank you so much for watching. If you are watching this on YouTube, leave this video a thumbs up and hit subscribe. And if you're listening to the audio version on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, leave me a five-star rating for the hundredth episode. I've been over here running my mouth for a long time. <laughs> this has really given me like the perspective to reflect on how far I've come and like everything that I've shared and like the impact that I've made. I still don't understand the impact that I've made. Like I don't get it fully. But having my first live event and it going so well and like getting to meet all of you in person, not all of you, but like the few hundred people that bought tickets, it made it very real when I could hug all of you and see all of you. And it's like exactly what I thought it would be, but better. Like I can't really explain it. All I can say is thank you. So here's the hundredth episode and cheers to a hundred more because I'm not shutting up no time soon. We have a lot more to talk about. Everybody be safe, take care of yourself, and I will talk to you guys next Sunday.